Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined by Cindy Grady. She's regional business developer for the Minnesota Midwest region, part of the Davey business development team, and an ISA certified arborist. Cindy, thanks for coming back on the show. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So I'm really interested about today's topic and picking your brain about salt in general and how it relates to the environment, to our trees. And there is a a certification process there for smart salting where you're at, right? There is, yes. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency has some smart salting certifications, and uh, we are happy to be a a part of that program. So what does that mean? Uh, Does that just show people or teaches people how to, to try and use less salt or use salt the right way or not use salt at all? All of the above. Uh, it starts by just really informing people the how pollutant salt is um, and that it's a permanent pollutant. So uh, they take it from there into teaching how to apply salt based on the conditions uh, the, the weather patterns, the event, uh, the road temps, the air temps, all the different pieces that come into, uh, you know, your weather event, uh, and then how to handle that based on science, not, you know, load it down uh, just to make sure that there's no slip and falls. But you don't have slip and falls if you go based on the science or if the application rather is based on science. So, Let's just take a, a a snow event. We salt it, then it melts, it rains, it goes into our storm sewers, goes into our rivers. You said that's a permanent thing, is that right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why they put this smart salting certification together was because many of our lakes are are now polluted to the point we can't. We can't recover some of them. Uh, And if we continue down the path, then many of them will be damaged. uh, Loss of life within the water, body of water itself, uh, whether it be plant life or, you know, fish or or what have you. But, um, yeah, we've got to be more aware of how salt is applied to our roads and parking lots and sidewalks. So that, you know, we have as little negative environmental impact as possible. How about alternatives? Are are there alternatives to just, you know, throwing down pure salt? There are. I mean, everything's got its benefits. Sand is an option always, uh, but sand doesn't really impact the slip and fall quotient as much as, you know, melting and removing that ice. Uh, Also, it's quite messy. So many commercial properties don't want to use sand anymore just because it causes such havoc internally. Like somebody like me, I think I'm I'm doing something better. First off, I don't want to use salt at all, but sometimes I have to. I live on a a mountain and the driveway has got a switchback in it. And if cars or trucks, you know, the plumber, or, you know, somebody needs to get up the driveway, 
sometimes I have to put product out. I think I'm doing a better job by using something like a magnesium product, but I know it's still magnesium chloride. Is it better for me to use the magnesium chloride? Am I doing something that's better or is it the same as using raw pure salt? Yeah, it's the same. The magnesium changes the temperature value, not the breakdown necessarily as much as the chloride does. My understanding is I can use less magnesium chloride than I would the pure sodium chloride to get the results I need. Yes, provided the event will dictate the use of the magnesium. Right. Yeah. So, yes. How about that? Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) Well, for me, the negatives are certainly considering what's going to the stormwater, but also destroying the driveway or whatever it might be, sidewalk or that sort of thing, because it it will. And then also how it's going to affect my trees. You know, I live in a, a, I'm on four acres of a forest and I don't want to negatively impact my trees any worse than they already are struggling, (laughs) struggling away with oak wilt and all sorts of other things. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's exactly where it goes. If it doesn't go into the stormwater, it goes into your landscape bed. So any of the plants in there can be impacted by your salt use, regardless of the type of salt you're using or the additives that you have for it, like magnesium. Yeah. So and you, when you're working with these commercial properties, I think it's really got to be a challenge because again, they're they're trying to protect themselves from the slip and falls, but also they're thinking, geez, I don't want all this stuff going to the storm sewer. Is it just about smart application? Is that what we're talking about? A smart application of a product? It is exactly that. And, and, and again, using what is happening as, as part of your um, arsenal to how to salt, right? So, Maybe there's um, there's an event that's a two inch event, and you know we know that the road temps are warm enough, air temps are warm enough to allow for melting. We might go ahead and put down a really light salt before the event, for instance, uh, that we know that will be diluted somewhat by the snow. It will prevent the ice from even building up. And, and, and then because it's the right amount per that event, then it's less impact on the environment, less impact on the landscaping, um, certainly on the hardscapes like driveways, parking lots, sidewalks, curb lines, you know, all of that. Everything is reduced when you base it on the event itself. Uh, and, you know, obviously the time the salt is applied and what kind of salt you use with additives. And it's, unfortunately, there's so many variables that it, it our call is, it's too small to dig into that. Well, I'll take it down again to this, you know, my little situation, because what you're saying there works here too. So I'm looking at the event and if I can get away with it, I'm going to get the backpack blower And I'm going to spend two hours in that driveway, but there's not going to be any snow left on. And that's like three inches or less. And no one is permitted to drive on the driveway until I do this and get everything off. 
And then I don't have to use any salt and everybody can get up and down. Now, if we get up to five, six inches, then it's snowblower. Uh, but in that case, again, depending on the temperatures and actually it depends on if the sun's out or not. You yes. Know, this is, this is a, a, a hill facing south, one part of the driveway. And if I can get the snowblower on that, and even if it's below 30 and the sun comes out, that bottom part of the drive, nature will take care of it. So everything you're saying there can be used for the homeowner, too, just to, to think about it and, and be smart about it. You don't want to pour a bunch of salt on there. And again, you know, especially when we're always talking about our trees, you know, you pour all that salt on the sidewalk and you've got especially young trees on there, you're going to kill them. Yeah, absolutely. There will be damage. And, and you're right that any homeowner can use the same the same common sense practices uh, in salting as if they were certified. Uh, but no matter what amount of salt you put down, uh, some of it will go into diluted or not will land in our stormwaters and will impact our landscaping. So the least amount that you can get away with keeping a safe property, uh, whether it's at your home or at your business, uh, is the best approach environmentally anyway. So let's say we've got lawn right next to our drive or our sidewalk and we've used salt on that. And, you know, that's just going to, it's going to look bad. How do we remediate that? Yeah, there's so many organizations that, uh, you know, apply salt in a way that absolutely prevents a slip and fall uh, and kills the turf, you know, two feet into from the curb line. Right. Uh, and, and then they just expect that that's going to be an expense year after year after year, remove the turf, replace with sod water in. Um, but that's completely avoidable. That expense does not have to be as part of your budget, uh, whether you're a homeowner or, you know, or a, or a um, commercial property manager or facility manager. We've had wonderful success with gypsum applications um, in the spring. And and, and depending on how many or how bad the soil is uh, and how bad the turf is um, after years of salt, uh, you might need a second application, so a spring and a fall application. But just applying it with your spreader every spring tends to remove the soil or the salt, rather, um, from the soil. How does the gypsum work on remediating the salt? Gypsum oftentimes changes the pH and helps to reduce the damage done with the um, saline in the soil or the chlorine in the soil. Um, and it helps to allow the soil to not become a, a weed infested growth habitat only. Right. So now it doesn't burn up the grass seed. It doesn't damage the grass seed and, um, it allows that turf to thrive. The same thing with your trees and plants. If in the spring you, you know, you have to salt, obviously in many cases, at least in Minnesota and 90% of the time we have to salt after an event, um, or put some sort of de-icing agent down. You can do a heavy water in the spring and help push that soil or push that, 
uh, chlorine through the soil uh, and help to free up those roots so that they're not stuck with that salt crusted soil with that's you know got a terrible pH for growth doesn't absorb well water just leaches through it so there are ways to combat an over salting um, situation and, and say you've got a bad vendor or something that just doesn't understand the science behind how to salt properly you can you can break out of that damage um, if you have an interest uh, in in repairing it instead of treating properly. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What kind of response do you get from people when you're trying to tell them this? Or are they coming to you because they they want this information? Because I could just see how some you know big commercial property has been doing it one way the whole time. Yeah, we get the snow off, but we're putting way too much salt on. What's the reaction from from clients that you talk to about this? Most clients are very excited to remove that from their budget and to understand that salting doesn't have to be this astronomical expense every year. Some events, yes, you know, will be higher than others based on the event. Um, but as a rule, salting doesn't have to be this major expense followed by a repair expense. So, Many clients are excited to hear that, didn't know that those things were possible. Uh, and several clients are still like, I don't care. I just want my feet to crunch as long as I don't have a slip and fall. Are there any products out there besides sand that that you could use on a commercial property or even at a home property that would be less have a less negative effect on the environment or, or basically something with the chloride is the way to melt salt. I mean, melt snow. That's the way it is. Yeah. There's, there's a whole region of liquid applications, uh, a whole arena of that from, you know, brine to beets, uh, lots of different options in that brine. And I, we're just learning more and more um, every year uh, that there are more options um, available or natural options um, some of those are less effective than others. Um, but at the same time, it, if it suits your priority, that's, that's what we want to target is what do you want for your property? We can usually achieve that in any one of those heavy salt. We're not a big sand group, but we could be if that's really what was necessary. And then the liquid, um, the liquid applications as well. Yeah, I'm always Just, looking for something, some way to, to, you know, not to use anything, any product, you know. And actually, this season, and with the change that we've seen in our win winters here in Pittsburgh, I haven't had to use any product in two years. But that doesn't mean that February I'm not going to have to use product, you know. I wanted to ask you how it feels to be promoting something like this that's so helping with sustainability. That must be a good feeling. That's fantastic. It's it's one of my like passionate areas. So me personally, I absolutely push that as much as I can. Obviously, uh, I you know I'll 
will do what the client needs to meet their safety uh, priorities at the office. But I will absolutely continue to share with people that there are options that are both environmentally sound and safe for their residents or, you know, clients or whoever is using the property. Uh, I absolutely adore the sustainability options that are out there. And I think that if we get more people like me in this, in this area of expertise or, you know, in insulting itself, um, then the better off we're going to be long-term. Well, I'm going to leave it right there. That is awesome. That was great stuff, Cindy. I learned a lot. I, I love it. You know, this, this is a good thing. And we do have to watch, you know, throwing all that salt around. So thanks for all the information. And it was great to talk to you again. Likewise. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster. And do me a big favor. Subscribe to the podcast so that you'll never miss a show. And if you've got an idea for an episode, maybe a comment, we're getting lots of great emails. Send us one to podcasts at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>